Hello guys, how are you? This is Ortandia and you are tuning in to your favorite podcast, House of Ortandia. In this episode, as you can see from the title, we're going to slow it down with some of my uh, pieces. Um, as you saw, the title is called Bars and Beverages. I have a tall glass of water because I don't drink. <laughs> But you're going to get an opportunity to hear five of my pieces that were written. Oh, my gosh. These are written over 10 years. Some of them 10, 15 years ago. And so, but I still feel like they're relevant today. I still feel like they can um, reach out there and touch somebody's heart today. Draw somebody closer to the Lord today. Cause people to think today. So. Without any further ado, we're going to take a short break, let you guys hear a little advertisement, and we'll come right back with bars and beverages. This first piece is titled, What Did You See When You Were in the Light? And it was written in 2002. 17 years ago. Okay, without further ado, here it goes. What did you see when you were before God? What did you hear in his word? What did you sing during your time of worship? What is your gift, your talent, your ministry? I know you can deposit life into me. What did you see when you were in the light? What is God doing in your life? What did he uncover in his word to you? I know you have a prophetic word. I know you spend time with the Father. I know you have been refreshed. I know you have been strengthened. What did you see when you were in the light? Stand on my shoulders. Let me lift you up into the light. When you come back, tell me, what did you see when you were in the light? Hmm. Man, that piece there, I was a part of, I wrote that. Based on a story that was, I was a part of a women's committee. We were putting together a women's conference and a woman had come there um, and she had told us a story about some women that were, um, I forgot where, but they were Christians, but they had been taken captive. And I think they, I don't want to say where I think they were. I can't remember. It was 2002, but they had been taken captive and they were put in a cell together and all that was before them was was this window in above their cell and they were trying to get to that light to see out of you know to see outside to see what was going on outside and they were standing on each other's shoulders and she likened it to us um as christian women being able to get from one another when we are in the when the other is in the presence had been has been i'm sorry has been in the presence of god we're able to get something from that other person and vice versa. They're able to get something from us. So I hope you guys enjoyed that piece. Um, let me take me a little sip of my beverage. <sighs> Again, it is a long, tall glass of water. I don't drink. So, <laughs> so this next one is called You Don't Owe Me. And you're going to understand it as I, I say it. But here goes. You don't owe me anything. 
I'm sorry for trying to get you to pay a debt you don't owe. I'm sorry for using you to make me feel whole. I'm sorry for hurting you by pushing you away. I'm sorry for lying to you, cheating you, and zapping your energy today. I'm sorry for trying to get you to pay a debt you don't owe. I'm sorry for wanting to be in your life for my own selfish gain. I'm sorry for being so self-focused that I disregard your pain. I'm learning to love myself so I can really love you. I'm learning to trust God so that I don't abuse you. I'm sorry for trying to get you to pay a debt you don't owe. You don't owe me anything. I just wanted you to know. Well, I wrote that in 2004, 15 years ago. Ah, wow. That was a time, and I, I, and I still struggle to this day, but that was a time when I was really, like, angry and bitter and nasty and really treating people that were friends of mine, that were close to me, that I, that I claimed that I loved. I was really treating those people badly. I was abusing them, in a sense. Um, and I was a Christian. You know, I got born again in 2000, 2000 February 2000. So this was four, that was four years later. And I was, you know, so that's why I say this Christian walk is not some soft, fluffy, sorry, (laughs) fluffy walk in the clouds. Like it's a, it's a challenging walk. It's a challenging lifestyle. You know, it's not easy. Um, it's not for the faint of heart, but sure. And so, man, when I was going through some of my old pieces and I was trying to remember, like, why did I write this one? What was going on there? Believe it or not, Holy Spirit has brought back to my memory. This is why you wrote that. You were nasty. <laughs> you were treating people terribly back then. And so, you know, and again, just to be transparent, I'm, I still have some of, some of those same struggles too in 2019. Um, prayerfully, my friends today don't feel abused. <laughs> God, if you do, you listen to this. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry if I hurt you. I'm sorry for not if. I don't want to say if. I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for saying things that were offensive to you. I'm sorry for not being uh, being there if you when you needed me and all that good stuff. So I'm endeavoring to change. I really, really am. And so, wow. So this next piece, I was it was written in 2003. It's called My Daughter. And so without further ado, let's jump right into it. Wait, let me get a sip of water first. Okay. <laughs> Again, it's called My Daughter. I love you, my daughter. Before the world began, I was thinking about your lovely face. I was the first to see you in your mother's womb. I was the first one to see your eyes open. I watched you grow up. I watched you cry. When your heart was hurting, I was there. All the time I said, one day she will open that same heart to me. I love you, my daughter. Take my hand. Let's take a walk together. Let me whisper in your ear. I'm your father. Tell me all about it, sweetheart. Tell me what you think, feel, desire. You can trust me. I love you, my daughter. Well, that one is pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. But, man, that was 16 years ago. But I I remember I was going through a time where 
feeling fatherless. You know, I didn't grow up with my dad. And so and he and I don't have a relationship. So it's like, wow. I was, oh, let me go, let me backtrack. During this time of my writing, I don't really write much poetry now in 2019. But in 2002, 2003, 2004, it was like a flood. The floodgates were open. I wrote poem after poem, song after song. It was crazy. Um, and, but that that floodgate has since um, <laughs> been backed up or something. I don't know. But that was a time where I was really feeling fatherless. That was a time where I was really feeling, you know, abandoned and rejected. And like, why don't I have, not feeling close to God? I was learning about God, but I didn't feel close to him. You know, and so it just felt like we were miles a million, a million miles apart, God and I. And so I remember writing that. Whew! I think I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> At least I'm not gonna try to cry. Okay, let's go on to the next one. The next one is called "I Was Worth It," and it was written in 2004. Actually, I have the full date on this one. It was written July 8th, 2004. Hmm. And it goes a little something like this. (laughs) I was worth the pain, the hurt, the ridicule, the punching, kicking, pulling of your beard, the spit, the nails, the crown of thorns. You really loved me. You put me first. You took my place. You said, I'll go. You were broken down because my sins weighed you down. You thought of me. You had your mind on me. I was worth it. In return, my Lord, you're worth it. You're worth fighting for. You're worth the worship. True worship. Lifestyle worship. Thought life worship. Word worship. Relationship worship. You're worth it all. Hmm. Let me give you a little sip of water on that one. Wow. <laughs> it... Yeah, I have these like stored away, like in my closet. And when I decided to do this, to read some of these on this episode, I was like, should I write some new stuff or should I go and pull out this old stuff? And I pull this, I'm pulling it out and I'm reading. And I'm like, man, whoo. But anyway, this is talking about how. Again, 2002, 2003, 2004, I was really feeling, had some esteem issues. Even growing up, I had a lot of low self-esteem and some things that I still have to struggle with today. Um, but don't try me. Don't, 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 don't mistake. <laughs> don't mistake me. Try me not. But, um, yeah, I, I was really going through a hard, a rough time back in 2004. It just feeling like... Man, do I have any value? You know, do I have any worth? Like, but then reading in scripture where it talks about the the brutality of Christ going to the cross, and before he even got to the cross, the beatings that the Roman soldiers laid on him. The scripture says that he was not even recognized as a man. He didn't even look like a man. Like he was unrec. He didn't look. Like a human being, they had beaten him so severely. And so, but he did that for me. He did that for you. Because he wanted us in a, he was the only way that we can be in a relationship with God. And so he was willing to undergo all of that, to deal with all of that. 
You hit me one time, it's a wrap. I'm trying to take your whole face off. But, like, man, he just, Jesus Christ, man, that's that's crazy love. That's the kind of love that you can't get from no one on earth. Not your mama, your daddy, your, your husband, your wife, your kids. Nobody going to love you like Jesus Christ does. Because that, that sacrifice was brutal. Where's my Bible? I, y'all, y'all think I'm playing. Let me grab my Bible. I know we, this, is, this is still bars and beverages. There's no greater bars than the Bible, honey. The, the, Bible got the, <laughs> the Bible got bars on lock, on lock, on top of lock. I'm going to read this uh, to you guys to let you know how crazy Jesus is in love with you. Let me just get there. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. <laughs> this lady, sidebar, this young lady at my job, every time I call her name, I be like, so-and-so, she be like, please hold. And she, mind you, I'm not calling her on the phone. I'm, she's literally in the cubicle next to me. She's so funny. But anywho, um, where was it? What I want to read, you guys. Um, here we go. This is Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong, and he had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. For when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. That's not actually what I wanted to read to you. <laughs> I'm going to go back a chapter to Isaiah 52, starting at verse 13. But that was good, too. That was beautiful. 
Isaiah 52, starting at chapter 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And he, was, and he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. That's what I wanted to read you guys. His face was, his face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one could scarcely know he was a man. That's how severely they beat Jesus Christ. That's what he was willing to endure for you and for me. And so, hence, that's where I was worth it came from. Ooh, okay. Last one. This last piece. Let's see if I have a date on this one. I do not, but I wrote it in 2003. I don't have the full date, but the title of it is Daughter of Zion. Okay, this one is has a more of a spoken word vibe to it, so I might get a little... <laughs> Just a teach. I don't want to scare nobody. Get up, get up, shake yourself, loose yourself, throw away the garments of bondage, the garments of mental abuse, the garments of physical abuse, those filthy garments of bondage. For now is the time that you will leave the dark corners and come to the forefront. You will begin to speak those things that are not as though they are. You will speak and see a thing happen, for your words have creative power. You are no longer the weak and beggarly. You are the strong and mighty in Christ Jesus. Lift your head Throw your shoulders back. Speak, daughter. Speak. Sing the praises of the Lord of the nations, the mighty warrior, the one who surrounds you on all sides. For he has deposited fire in the midst of your belly. Daughter of Zion, it's time to gird up or get hurt up. Protect the reproductive areas of your mind with the word of God. Understand that you have been given a new life. The old you is dead. It's time to stubbornly set your mind on things above. The things fit for someone of your inheritance. Things that are pleasing to your father. Things that make you the daughter of Zion. <laughs> oh man I was feeling frisky that day I was feeling like a G like an OG that day like I'm telling you I can remember just rem- right, uh, sorry just reading these things I can remember that was 16 years ago that I wrote Daughter of Zion but I was feeling like a gangster that day like I mean I am I got a little thug life in me I got a little thug life, in the words of the prophet Tupac. I live a thug life, baby. I still die. All right. Let me come back into the light, Kara Ann. Come back to the light. Come back. Come back. Listen, I'm a little righteous, and I'm a little ratchet. I'm a little bow. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> oh, play. I, I heard Willie Moe Jr. say that about his wife today. Yo, when he first met his wife, he was like, she was she was righteous and ratchet. She loved Jesus, but she cussed a little bit. I, I was like, oh, she the girl for me. That made me, I hollered when he told that story. But um, y'all pray for me. I do cuss when I get really, really angry. 
if somebody makes me, you gotta make me like real angry. And then I want some cuss words from way back in 1985 will come, come up out of my mouth. Help me, Jesus. So y'all Christians that listen to this, y'all pray for your girl. I'm righteous and ratchet, but I'm working on more righteous than ratchet. Okay. But so, yeah. And I don't know, I just had I just had a desire to do bars and beverages on tonight. And I hope you guys were inspired. I hope you hope your heart melted into the hands of God. I hope you have questions. And I hope no, mainly I hope it sparks you to have a conversation with God tonight, today, this morning, whenever you listen to this, this afternoon, whenever you hear this. I pray that it sparks you to want to sit down and talk to God. Matter of fact, grab a Bible. If you don't have a a hard copy Bible, download the Bible app on your phone and just start reading Proverbs. Read a proverb every day. I ain't even telling you to go into nothing deep. Just read a, it's 31 Proverbs. So it's one for every day of the month. So just read one and start talking to God. Like, God, what, what, what's this mean? How do I, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. Just, I want you to just have, like how you would talk to me if I was your homegirl. I want you to t- re- pull out your Bible, read a proverb every day and talk to God about it. And ask God questions about Jesus. Like, so why was that, was Shorty talking about Jesus came and they beat him down so bad. He didn't even look like a human being. Like, what, what's up with Shorty? Well, like, what was she talking about? What does all that even mean? So I, I want you to, to engage God for yourself, to conversate, communicate with God for yourself. And so you know you know what I say, baby. Like I always say, I want to see you in heaven with me, and I'm out.